0: This podcast is brought to you by BrunerAcademy.com, your online resource for the best public speaking, presentation, storytelling skills courses. Become a rockstar communicator in any setting. Visit BrunerAcademy.com. Hello everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Live Your Best Life with Liz Bruner. I'm Liz and my goal with each episode is to share stories of people who are recreating their lives or rising above challenges to write their next chapters with authenticity. These stories give me the courage to go after living my best life, and I think they will do that for you, too. If you like this episode, please leave us a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to the show, so this podcast can continue to inspire next chapters all over the world. If any of you fear that you have stayed in a job too long, but you're not clear on what to move on to, you are not alone. But my guest today says it is possible to find your way to greater career satisfaction and she can help you put a plan in place. After years of her own unfulfilling professional career chapters, she found her calling by working from the inside out. Tammy Guler-Loeb, welcome to my podcast today. Thank you for having me, Liz. It's a pleasure. For more than two decades, Tammy, you've been coaching people on career transitions, and now you have an award-winning book. Congratulations on that. Working from the Inside Out, Break Through Nine Common Obstacles and Design a Career That Fulfills You. What does it mean
1: to work from the inside out? When people are trying to make key decisions in their lives, And I think making career decisions or decisions about work are are a huge part of that, that they are listening to that inside voice, whether you want to call it your instincts, your intuition, or just that little voice inside your head, your heart, your stomach, wherever it comes from, that says to you, take a look over there, give that a try, or at least just peek over there. You know, you think about all those times in our lives where we say, I should have listened to that first thought I had, Mm -hmm. and I went in the other direction because society says I should do this, or, you know, some other well-intentioned or, you know, influential person in our lives said, you should do this, you should do that, when We had that inner knowing Mm -hmm. of really what was in our own best interests. So that's what inside out means.
0: And we're so reluctant, I think, at times to trust that instinct, to trust that intuition. And it really inhibits us from making those clear decisions. And you've talked about in your book that you've identified one factor that keeps people from pursuing more satisfying work. And it really comes down to fear. And that's chapter one, fear, friend or foe. How do we know the difference if fear is a friend or fear is a foe?
1: And sometimes it's hard to tell. We all feel fear and that's just a natural phenomenon. And there are times when we are thinking about something we might like to do, just even a floating thought, it starts to build up a little excitement. You know, it's like, ooh, that's intriguing. Ooh, it's so exciting. Could I possibly let myself do that? That's a friend, that sense of excitement. And then there's that other feeling of fear, which is saying, you know, danger, stay away, that stove is hot, you know, but sometimes it can be a little confusing or sometimes our fear is all the what ifs we start filling our heads with, you know, well, what if it doesn't work out or what if I try something and I fail? People will fill their heads with predicting the future as if they have a crystal ball And then they get afraid of all these things that might happen and they make up a lot of stories. They make decisions based on something that hasn't even happened.
0: What is the difference then, do you believe, between intuition and fear?
1: I think the difference is that when we are really feeling fearful, we're not thinking clearly, we don't have both feet firmly on the ground. I think our minds tend to race a lot more through lots of different fleeting thoughts. There's just not that clarity. When we're using our intuition, there's usually probably a more singular or clear kind of thought that just keeps coming back to us. It's got that crispness around it. Our fear will combat it. You know, it'll say, oh, no, 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 don't go there. And there may be good reasons for saying that, but that's mm-hmm. usually our logical mind talking us out of something, when in fact it might be worth considering. And I'm not suggesting that people throw all caution to the wind, empty out their bank accounts and <laughs> you know, do something crazy. I'm not even saying go after your dreams and your passions. And But I'm suggesting that you just listen to that voice inside mm-hmm. that says, you know, this is something that really matters to me. It really could be meaningful. And I really ought to at least explore it a little bit more.
0: There are nine chapters in the book and each one tackles a common obstacle that keeps people from pursuing more of those meaningful career paths. We just talked about fear a little bit. i want to touch on a couple other ones. Chapter two I love this chapter. It's never too late.
1: That's right.
0: (laughs) To allow yourself to reinvent, or as I like to call it, recreate. It's never too late, is it, Tammy?
1: It is never too late. And in that chapter, I uh, highlight the stories of three people, Mm -hmm. all people from different parts of my life, who all made very significant career pivots at different ages, 40, 50, and 58. For each one of them, it was a different set of challenges in their lives to do that. They all had their feet firmly planted on the ground in terms of what they wanted to do. And each story, you know, has different challenges in it. Some of them had more than others. Mm -hmm. It's really exciting to watch somebody pursue something they really want. And also, they each went and did something that really was adding to their community, or doing something good for someone else, which is always a nice thing.
0: Chapter six, success is not a destination. What do you
1: mean? People will start a career or start a professional path, and they might be tolerating a lot of the steps along the way, thinking that they're waiting to reach some kind of pinnacle, whether it's to reach a certain bonus level or get vested in a retirement system or reach partner in a firm now i'm not criticizing that but i think that they might be suffering all the way till they reach that point thinking oh now i've reached success because i've been named something or i've achieved some kind of benchmark the level of stress or unhappiness they might be experiencing on the path to get there and i'm talking some people spend decades trying to Mm -hmm. get there And they think that they're reaching for some kind of perfection or some kind of image of what success is. But what about all those years prior to that getting there? What about all the things that they have achieved in the meantime? Why can't those be called successes? Why can't you feel good about those? I would say that if you find yourself feeling really disconnected or unhappy about all the things you have to do to get to that point. Maybe there's another way to get to that point and Mm -hmm. still be satisfied along the way. Maybe it's worth at least considering the possibilities.
0: I am curious, you hold a number of degrees, including an MBA and a number of coaching certifications as well. What is your definition of success, Tammy?
1: My definition of success is really finding a path. What my definition of success would have been at my 20s or my 30s is gonna be different now I'm in my early 60s. It's about finding that kind of contentment, to feel grounded, to feel like every day I'm doing something that matters to me that also provides for my practical needs because that matters to me. Really having an alignment between my core values and the kinds of contributions that I wanna be making, feeling like I'm living my life on purpose, And of course, always learning and growing. And to me, learning and growing and learning new things, that's success. Mm -hmm. It's not about whether someone else says I'm successful because everybody else has their own definitions.
0: Chapter nine is entitled, Uncertainty is a Fact of Life. And before you became a career coach, no doubt you faced uncertainty. Every single time you made a career transition, a career pivot, you went from being in the mental health field Went into public policy. You dabbled in fundraising and higher ed administration, all with the intention of wanting to make a difference in people's lives. Where did that passion come from?
1: I might have been born with it. Both of my parents were in helping professions. My Mm. father was a school psychologist. My mother was in social work. This was something that was just in my life from a young age onward. They encouraged me to do whatever would make me happy. Mm -hmm. That's what I was inspired by. I remember as a really, really little kid being inspired by Helen Keller. I couldn't imagine how she managed to have such an impact on so many people when she lost both her sight and her hearing. People would say, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I'd say, I want to be the first Jewish lady president. Where did I get that from? (laughs) I have no idea. I think it's hysterical because there is no way I'd want to do that job. There was something within me that really wanted to do Mm -hmm. something that would have an impact on people's lives, clearly.
0: What I think is so interesting is when people do make career transitions and career pivots, usually something's missing. But then it takes so much to find the courage to make that change, Yeah. How did you find the courage to make a change each and every time?
1: I was always oriented towards wanting to enjoy my work. Mm -hmm. That always took precedence. It wasn't that I didn't feel fear. I definitely did. There were periods of time where lunch was a peanut butter sandwich every day Mm -hmm. and I was watching every penny, especially when I moved to Boston. I did temp work for six months till I landed the job I wanted. At the same time, I always had my eye on the prize. I just always did. I, I can't explain it fully. Mm-hmm. Whatever I decided to do, I, I would find a way to do it. And I really was encouraged to do something that would matter to me.
0: When you say it like that, too, I understand what you're saying. And it, there have been a lot of successes. But if there was a failure, was there a lesson that you learned from it? And how did it propel you forward?
1: I think there were little failures all along the way or, you know, mistakes made. For example, I was in one job where I realized about six months into the job that it was not working well for me. Mm -hmm. I could do the job, but it wasn't the right culture. It wasn't the right fit. And yet I just stayed. I stayed for another two and a half years it really took its toll on me in a serious way. The mistake was I should have started looking for something else, but I think part of it was I wasn't sure what I wanted. Right. It's one of those things, a lot of people do this. Better to you know, deal with the devil you know than the devil you don't know. And I was young, I was in my 20s and busy socially. I think I had started grad school at that point too. I kind of tolerated it, but it, mm-hmm. it did do some damage and I, I should have taken better care of myself.
0: I think all of us can probably relate to that on some level. And I want to get back to something we you mentioned a moment ago too, because it really is about expectations that we either put on ourselves, we feel from the outside world, you should be the lawyer, you should be the doctor, you should follow the family business. And so many times people feel like I can't make a change. I am stuck. What advice do you have for them to help them get
1: unstuck? First things first. Most times when people feel stuck, they recognize it, and then they start to feel powerless, like they're not really sure what they can actually do about it. My first recommendation is don't think about it as going from stuck to completely unstuck. Think about first, what is it that might even interest you? You know, a lot of people will say to me, I know more about what I don't want than what I do want. When you start thinking about what you don't want, you can then uncover Mm -hmm. what you do want. So what I always say to people is you don't have the information you need to get unstuck. So the best way to get unstuck is to get more information. So start Mm -hmm. talking to people you know. They don't have to be close friends or acquaintances. It could be people who work in a company that you think is a, an interesting place. Or maybe you call, you know, a cousin you haven't talked to in a while who lives across the country. It doesn't have to even be someone local. Just start talking to people. Ask them about their work, mm-hmm. especially people, you know, who are happy in what they're doing. Even if you are not interested in what they do and you're sure of that. Find out what are the qualities about what they like about their work. You'll be surprised to hear that some of the things they like about their work actually have very little to do with the work itself, but have to do with the lifestyle. And I'm not talking about what kind of house you live in and what kind of car you drive. I'm talking about it affords them the flexibility they need to be there for their family and their commute, things like that. When you start having these kind of open-ended conversations and focusing on other people, it starts to free up your own mind to start thinking about what you like. You don't even have to force the thinking. Little Mm -hmm. thoughts will start to pop up in your mind about, oh, you know, maybe I'll look into this or that. Just start doing research. Just have very casual conversations. You don't have to make a big announcement. You don't have to find that next job within three months. Just get more information and start learning about other people. Or as Dale Carnegie said, something along the lines of, don't be interesting, be interested.
0: It's a great line because it's true. If you have this mindset of continuous growth, continuous learning, I do think it will lead you down to next chapters and different aspects of your life that you never even considered before.
1: Absolutely.
0: Before you actually went out on your own after all these different career transitions and you started your own business eventually, you also made the very smart move of continuing to work part-time in the job that you had before you made the shift. When did you
1: know you were ready to go all in? At that time, I was working three days a week as a administrator at Tufts University and I had a young child at home and I was working as a coach at that point. And it got to the point where I was feeling that the flow of work on the coaching side was consistent enough and tugging enough at me mm-hmm. for me to be able to let go of the part-time job. And it was also a decision that I made with my husband. You know, this is something that I often suggest to people is make sure you have support at home for some of the decisions you're making. It's very important that the people closest to you are supportive, or at least that you know what you're dealing with in terms of the kind of energy around you, because if they're not supportive, it's gonna be that much harder.
0: You also have your own podcast, appropriately called Work From the Inside Out. I am curious, what do you learn from your guests?
1: Well, I had a wonderful guest, A few months ago, Liz Bruner.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. (laughs) What did you learn from our show together?
1: I learned that from your story and many people's stories, actually, there is this element of trusting yourself. It is about that inside out piece, paying attention to whatever that conversation is that's going on inside yourself some part of your being is having that conversation and saying, it's time to take another step. There's also something that's at the root of that conversation that I've noticed in a lot of my guests when they've made a variety of decisions, choices, and transitions. And that is, there's an element of curiosity and desire to learn. And that seems to be a real force of energy underneath that kind of listening When they go forward, that's also something that I've really noticed and really pay attention to.
0: Well, you have wonderful stories on your podcast and also incorporated in your book. And what I really appreciated about your book is that it does include these real life stories. Readers can actually see themselves, their own stories in other people's experiences. And you have these wonderful reflective questions and guiding activities at the end of each chapter. How do you want people to use those?
1: I want people to use those as an opportunity to move their own process forward. If they are thinking about you know, what's next, and it could be what's next in six months, it could be what's next in five years. I don't have an agenda for anyone other than that they find a happier place in their working life, in living their life on purpose, let's say but I want them to have a starting place. A lot of times when people are feeling that sort of urge to make a change, they don't know where to begin. And I think that the reflective questions and the guiding activities can give them a place to start to develop some sense of greater self-awareness. That kind of awareness can also lend itself to then maybe getting more information outside themselves as well.
0: As you look back over your life, Tammy, how are you connecting the dots? How are you connecting the themes and patterns of your life? And how is that leading to you living your best life today?
1: That's a big question. The way I'm connecting those dots is by really trying to stay as conscious as I can every day. It's not always easy because I do get caught up like many of us do and just being a human doing instead of a human being (laughs) but I really do try to think about what can I do every day to try to have an impact or an influence in some way on people in general really sending the message that your life matters you've been given some opportunities some advantages at least I think of this more in Western cultures and civilizations I can't speak for every country in the world But I think that many of us have been given an opportunity with a decent education to be able to do something with our lives Mm -hmm. that is living on purpose and somewhat meaningful. I'm not suggesting that everybody has to go out and have some big altruistic mission. And, you know, we hear about people who reach towards the end of their lives and have regrets about what that meant to them you know oh yeah i wished i had gotten on more planes and spent more time away from my family no we're given this life we're given skills and hearts and souls and brains let's let's do something with them that means something and i i want to be a part of that and help people get there
0: well, Work from the Inside Out is Tammy's award-winning book and you can learn more about her books and her work at her website which is tammygoolerlobe.com. We'll have that in our show notes for everybody so they can get it down correctly but it's tammygoolerlobe.com. Tammy, thanks for being here today and really kind of giving us permission to if we want to chase those dreams we can but at least start by thinking about hmm What else might I do so that we can create that satisfying best life? Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us today.
1: Well, thank you for having me, Liz. It's been a pleasure.
0: And to all of you listening, it is never too late. You can have control over your own destiny. In the words of actress Audrey Hepburn, nothing is impossible. The word itself says, I'm possible. Until next time, be well.